0: To be or not to be? Let's find out here on Better Buddies. Welcome back, my boys, to Better Buddies. Got the same Whoa. crew as last week. Uh, myself, RJ, is the host. Uh, Calvin and James, and Matt is streaming again. Hello.
1: Like
2: a Hello,
0: stream. If
1: if we were a heist group, RJ, you'd be like the host, what would we be? That's my question to you. That's okay, the, oh boy. My, pre, my pre-icebreaker question.
0: Like Pre-icebreaker question of, of like, yeah, if like we were going to be a pro? heist
1: team. Yeah, like but... the muscle, the tech guy, the, and uh, whoever. Like... Well, we
0: have to have four things, and one well, of them is the getaway patsy. driver.
1: The patsy? James is definitely the patsy. Like a handsome patsy?
0: Well, yeah, yeah. we got to make you like appealing oh, to the yeah. public. Oh, that's good. Okay, I'm fine uh, with that, yeah. All right, so yeah, James, so James is the patsy. Do I get a cut, uh, though? Do you get a what? Yeah. Do I get a cut? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, you a small cut, whatever you can like stick in your pockets as we're running away. Well, wait a oh,
1: minute. No. <laughs> <laughs> You're the patsy. You don't know what's actually going on. No, uh, a, a good patsy will know what's going on, so they can. They're basically an actor. No,
2: yeah, the patsy like the guy the who
0: doesn't know yeah, the no, no, true no, no, plan. No,
2: judge, I just, let him have whatever
0: he that's needs
3: fair. to fulfill his role.
0: Whatever. I, I, don't need to I get agree with that, but <laughs> He doesn't need to know. Uh, Matt, I think Matt would be the getaway driver.
3: Uh, I don't think you want me to be the getaway driver because I would stop at the nearest McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Like, like, hey, we got all this money, let's let's buy some food. <laughs> I stick with my choice. Kelvin oh. would be tech, and, uh... I, You're the host. All I, of your tech is going to have
2: inexplicable problems that don't work, that doesn't work for no reason. I never said we
0: were a good heist crew. Hold
3: on. Will we be, like, the heist crew in the beginning of The Dark Knight, where the Joker just shoots all of us after we've done our respective jobs?
0: No, that... They still accomplish their jobs. The group is well, the, beginning of the
3: like, Dark Knight. As
0: soon as we're all done. No, but oh, we wouldn't well. even manage to get our jobs done based on how incompetent we currently are at our skills. Have you guys ever seen that edit
1: of Achievement Hunter over that opening from the Dark Knight?
0: Yes, I believe it's I really, have. It's
1: really, really good. It's like audio pulled from a bunch of their different heists. And because they're all wearing masks, it, it works, yeah. It works. It's so great. I love it. The, only, t- it the only time it's a little off is sometimes. Times when there's actual, like, spoken dialogue, like, people talking to him, because it doesn't always fit, but it's Mm -hmm. still...
0: Well, my icebreaker for the Better Buddies icebreaker this evening is, since this episode comes out the day after Thanksgiving, what are we all thankful for? Besides our incompetency at heists? That's cute. I like this. So what are you thankful for, then, James?
1: I am... That's a great question.
0: I Um, hope you have a great answer, then.
1: I, I know. I'm gonna... I gotta think there's a lot of things to be thankful
0: for okay um does anybody I'm, have an answer that doesn't consist of sitting and thinking
1: do you know who you're talking to rj i
0: mean i do but i have to have that hope
1: um i'm gonna say okay i'll just i'll free will and i'll see if i can i am thankful. that is generally
0: how improv works yes am. yeah
1: i'm i'm a, i'm a, i'm genuinely thankful for um the
0: i'm so glad i can edit out all of your pauses
1: yeah it's probably, it's probably oh i know <laughs> Is
0: that what you're thankful for <laughs> <laughs> i'm thankful
1: for fucking wait what do you edit this on audacity probably. yeah yeah i'm thankful for audacity no i'm thankful for um the fact that this is gonna be sappy the fact that we get together and do this kind of stuff um because you've been here
0: twice out of four times I know, but my attendance rate... I'm It's, it's always, at 50%. Uh, you, you're beating
1: I'm, Eli. I'm glad that we're, like, I'm part of a group of people who's willing to do stuff, even if I don't show up, because, like, so many people I know aren't willing to do stuff, or, like, they just don't, I guess. It's not even, like, their fault, necessarily. They just don't do it, and it's cool that, like... I know so many people who don't like stay in contact with even some of their closest friends from high school and it's like cool that we get together and do this kind of stuff i think i'm also thankful i don't live in a country where like malaria is a big problem but that's like separate so that's my thing
0: awesome those are some good things to be thankful for i know calvin good or matt which one of you malaria. would like to go f- i'm sorry james i was in the middle of a sentence but thank you for interrupting. i'm, s- I'm so sorry <laughs> I apologize. it's okay uh calvin or matt which one of you would like to go next um, well, I'm,
3: this is going to sound even sappier than James, but I'm really thankful for you guys, because I'm, you know, I've just been going through a rough time recently, and you guys have been there for me, that's really sweet, and endearing, and makes me want to be a better buddy to you guys as well. Aww. You, you see what in I Look it. <laughs> I work it in. James, cool. is beating your Underscore
0: misplays if you guys want to watch <laughs> <coughs> better buddies live. <coughs> also, right. uh, Matt is beating James right now. Calvin, <laughs> what do you got? Yeah. Uh, Calvin, you're also not in their race, it's just the two of them.
2: I'll be honest, I wasn't paying attention. I was watching the dub of the dark Knight scene, but from G Hunter, that's fine.
3: Uh, what are you so thankful I have no for? Idea what
2: your question even was
3: that's what he's thankful for is the dark Knight scene from I'm definitely thankful. that
2: was really good.
0: Yeah, it's fun. I'll have to go look it up again and watch it again. Is that your final answer? Just want to make sure I'm not stepping on any toes. Yes. Okay, so Calvin's thankful. I don't
2: really know what the question was. What are you thankful for? Yeah, we'll stick with that.
0: Okay. Last but not least, or maybe least, I don't know. Uh, I'm thankful for all of you guys for agreeing to join me weekly because, you know, I could sit in my room and do this on my own and just talk for an hour straight, but... Where's the fun in that? And uh, I'm also thankful for the listeners. Because, you know, we have a a very small but dedicated fan base. Oh, yeah. We're We're talking about about you, John.
2: (laughs) Pretty much.
3: And
0: my dad. And
3: RJ's dad. Oh, it was very nice seeing you at the barbershop, (laughs) Mr. Mitchell. He told me to call him Jim, and I'm like, uh. I still can't do that. (laughs) If I ever meet any (laughs) of
2: your parents, I'm calling them Mr. and Mrs. Your guys' last names. I can't (laughs) do it. Yeah, no, that's um, fair. I, that's probably anybody bad, I have met before I turned 18, like, if I called them at any point in my life, Mr. or Mrs. whatever, I th- th- that's who they are for the rest of their lives.
0: I'm never going to be able to call them by their first name. The only one that I might start calling something different is Mrs. Magori has basically given my family permission to call her Auntie Janice. Oh. So, oh, that's so sweet. And like, but Even even she, that,
2: though, has, like, the, yeah. the
0: prefix of, like, ants. <clears throat> to be fair, apparently that's also, like, what Megan's friends call her when they come visit. So That's cute. But, but yeah, also, no, I like, get it.
3: You can't just, like... Yeah, for,
2: like, because, like, for my um aunts and uncles, or, like, for, like, some of my cousins will call my parents by their first name. And I'm mm-hmm. like, that seems fine, because they're, like, 30 years old and have kids. But... Yeah. I can't even imagine calling my aunts and uncles by their first name. I mean, I do, but I always have to add, like, aunts or uncle or whatever.
0: Yeah, like, even my younger siblings... Or, I'm sorry, my brother Peter, his music teacher, is a really cool dude. I've met him a few times. He's helped me with my car, but I feel really weird calling him by his first name. And I never even, like... I didn't meet the guy until, like, this year. I don't know why. It just feels weird. Um, I mean... I I called Kirsten's dad
3: Mister last name like once, and he's like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 no! <laughs> it just just call me just call me Craig." And I was like, "Oh, that, that's weird, but mm-hmm. okay." That's um, actually
1: that's one of the periods I'm really excited for. If I ever have kids, is like that classic like dad thing of being able to say, "Whoa, whoa, 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 Mister Kukan is my father." You can call me James, or, like, whatever. whatever. I You're feel like that's a, a better use father. than, like,
0: meeting a business person, like, a, a colleague. Like, oh, Mr. Kugan's like, no, no, please, please. He's my father. Call me call yeah. me James.
1: I don't know. I just, like, there's, there's something appealing to that about me.
0: Oh my gosh, can I, if someone does that to me, can I say, no, please, that was my great grandfather. I'm RJ. <laughs> I'm RJ, yeah. Hell yeah. I mm-hmm. Hello? That's, yeah, hi, Calvin. Yeah, that's, uh... Okay, well,
2: that explains why no one was responding to me when I was trying to talk. My mic got oh. unplugged.
0: Oh, oh, that would do it. What What do you have to say?
1: Nah, it's moments past. Oh, that's fair. I don't mean to turn this into the Star Wars podcast, but did you you've see got, guys, You've got two minutes. <clears throat> did you guys see the article about uh, Kathleen Kennedy? They apparently sat down before uh, Rise of Skywalker with, like, George Lucas, and they sat down for a long meeting and apparently picked his brains, like, George, like, we want your opinion now which is just really funny juxtaposed to like four years ago when they were almost kind of like bragging about how they like threw all of his ideas. Like, yeah, I was about to say he handed them
2: like a set of scripts or like rough outlines for the the new
1: trilogy he had in his head. And they're like,
2: yeah,
1: That's cute. And moved yeah. and did their own thing. <laughs> and, and then they just trashed him. And now Kathleen Kennedy is like, she had like, there was like an article where she was interviewing and she was basically just like, yeah, like, you know, George has been a really great asset over the years. And we're really glad to have his input on this movie, especially. And I'm, I was thinking like, oh, sure, sure you were, Kathy.
0: <laughs> sure yeah. you were. Which is really funny considering there's been like a blatant push of let's get rid of all of George's old characters so we don't have to keep paying him for their usage.
1: Yeah, seriously,
0: pointy like I'm pretty sure that's why like the in the trailer C3P is like I'm taking one last look at my friends is because they're gonna kill well, and him.
2: Well, they're also just trying to set up a whole like oh look C3P uh, is gonna die, which he may, but like they're just doing that for
1: the shock factor. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh- but it can be multi-purpose it just depends on how the movie is I suppose which I hope it's good I, I don't want it to be good I like I want any movie that anyone makes to be good but given the track record right now I just I just don't know I just do not know i i and the wor- the thing is too is I, I with any of disney's like story ideas or any like, in these Star Wars movies, it's so hard because of how how much they've been marketing the movies that any decision they make, to, to me at least, within their stories, like, I almost immediately think, like, oh, well, they did that for a marketing purpose, you know, instead of, like, an actual story purpose.
0: Here's a so question I have that you might be able to help answer. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> Press X. Press X. Well, like... <clears throat> JJ Abrams directed the first and third of the new trilogy with Ryan yeah. Johnson in the middle. Mm-hmm. I didn't really enjoy Ryan Johnson's interpretation of the franchise, I but thought I really West wanted the was way better mm-hmm. than Force Awakens. I really wanted to go see Knives Out, Ryan Johnson's new movie. Mm -hmm. Where does the line fall between writer and director on the story aspect? Is it that he had a poor writing team, that he then had to direct that movie and have his name on it? Or did he have more influence (coughs) over the story beats that would happen?
1: I think the thing is usually, usually with those movies, it's... It may have only one writer, but it is written by committee effectively because what they do is they'll bring it to their board of like producers or executives and they'll be like, What do you think? And the executives will be like, This is great, except we're going to give you like 300 pages of revisions to make this more like market testable, essentially. So I think a lot of people attribute whatever their gripes are with The Last Jedi to the fact that Ryan Johnson did have like from a directorial and like script perspective he had pretty unfettered according
2: I'm, to wikipedia ryan johnson is the sole credit listed for um writing
1: yeah, so he he had control over the script and the production. I think for him though, it was just a combination of the pressure to try and follow up to try and follow up the Force Awakens, which was received very well at first and then became like lukewarm. So Disney really wanted him to like push the envelope, but that's the problem, is like they say that, but they don't I don't think they ever really mean it. Um so they kind of came in.
2: Well they mean it as long as it turns out. Yeah, if it, if it doesn't turn out, mm-hmm. then that's not what they meant.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so like I don't want to remove personal responsibility. I think Ryan Johnson was genuinely trying to do like new and different things. And mm-hmm. I could definitely see where like he went super, super wrong. Um, I also, though, think that like you can't excuse the Disney system. It's the same reason why Edgar Wright didn't direct the first Ant-Man because they weren't going to give him the creative freedom that he wanted to. And he just kind of left. Um, and I think they were, I'm sure that they gave Ryan Johnson a shit ton of feedback, but I'm sure they also made to like, they made to make sure that that didn't get out. So I could, cause I could definitely see certain decisions in the last Jedi where it's like it's something Ryan Johnson was trying to do. And then the executives kind of like headed him off at the pass and like made him kind of take like a 90 degree right turn and just like totally change it. But I don't know, like in terms of writing and directing, like, usually the writer doesn't have much control over the script like not nearly as much as you would think because once you write a script for a studio it's effectively their property i mean it's always their property yeah but like you're writing it on contract but the direct if you're a director and a writer and you're really good like you can make a killing in hollywood that's how spielberg does it is and usually directors who have more of like a, a flair for writing but they don't want to do all the script writing will like it's kind of like how directors uh pair up with cinematographers that they really like and directors will do that with writers too where they'll just it, it like uh, so they'll cast.
0: like if the directors who can write are prime material because they can write it out and they know what they want it to look like and can direct it to be what they want from a creative Step standpoint from there would be Directors with some writing experience, picking out writers that they know and trust.
1: Okay, from a creative standpoint, like a writer-director is probably the best thing you could be. But from like a business standpoint, studios don't really like that because it gives one person too much control for their liking over mm-hmm. like production. Um, so they actually prefer to have like a director come in and then they'll supply the script and the writers. Because what a lot of studios do now, and it's been going on for probably like close to seven years... Is they will bring, for these massive franchise movies, they'll bring in a director who had a good, like, who's made some decent, like, indie movies. They'll put them at the head of the production. And then they'll supply them with script. And they'll be like, yeah, like, go wild. Because then that way they rope in all the people that they know, that, that know the indie director's work. Mm -hmm. And they rope it. They can like say we have like a young up and coming director and blah 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 from.
0: uh, If I remember correctly, that's what Fox did with the Fantastic Four reboot.
1: Yep, and it's what they did with
0: uh, Jurassic. Oh, oh, yeah. The more you know.
1: Yeah, but I don't know. Like I, I know I can come off as like yeah, anti corporate because to a degree I, I am for for semi good reasons. You're fucking happy. Yeah, but you also can't rule out like personal artistic responsibility. So if you like fuck up, you can't just blame it on like, ah, oh, well, the studio told me. It's like, no, you were writing the script. Like That's on you. It's your job. Yeah, it's your job as an artist to like make sure that it's the best thing you can be and that you're not worrying about what the studio is going to think. Just make something that you're proud of. And then at the very least, you have like the draft that you wrote that the studio didn't touch.
0: And And worst case scenario, you pull a Team America World Police where you insert scenes so offensive and so horrendous (laughs) that everything else looks tame in comparison.
1: Yeah, well, but that's the thing, too, is like those guys, they always, always with almost anything, with anything they're doing, they're writing and directing it. Yeah, like South Park is essentially written by Trey Parker and Matt Stone, just like movie was Foreman, Team America World Police, basketball, all that. They're very, very much like, we're going to do this the way we want to do it. And they're lucky where they just have the kind of weight they can throw around where it's like people will let them do that. But most young writers and directors don't have that ability. So yeah, I think it went over the two minute time limit. I don't want to talk about like Star Wars or
3: anything like that too much. Well, that's
0: why I like, steered it away. Yeah, it was because yeah. you, went, you went over your goddamn time limit. Yeah, I
3: apologize. That's How dare a good you? Good thing you can edit all that out. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm go. cutting just all cut of that. It. Last ten yeah, minutes is gone. All good. Over
1: it. Didn't Death Stranding come out?
3: Yeah, it came out like last
1: week, recently. Oh my god, I can't believe I I've just heard started. pretty good oh, things. Actually, I yeah. It seems really interesting. It sounds like a like a cool project. Calvin, you heard anything about it? Death Stranding. Yeah. What about it? What have you heard Sorry, about I was it? Getting another drink. No, that's fine. <laughs>
2: Hell yeah! Because like you, I've heard good things. Again. But what do you like? What do you want to know about it? Like how it's been received?
0: Yeah. Like, yeah, like, I, like I haven't. I heard good things from like my coworkers, but I haven't heard much it's... else beyond its hideo. Um.
2: So from what I've heard, because I haven't played it, it's a very divisive game because it's. I mean, it's a Kojima game. It's yeah. freaking weird. It's, it's got, got no I've heard the story is, like, really, really good. Like, it's a pretty awesome story.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So that's what's holding a lot of people. Um, but other than that, the gameplay is just different. You either like it or you don't. Because there's, like, no combat, like, at all.
3: Hmm.
2: It's pr- There's, like, some, like, a little bit, but it's... Yeah you're pretty much always either running away or just avoiding combat if possible. And you're just a delivery guy. You're that's literally your job. You're you're you just carry packages and pick up packages and drop them off. And the bad guys that are like fighting against you that you like you can encounter, they're called mules. And basically all they want to do is steal your package and deliver it to get the contract.
0: That's
2: all they're doing. So that's, and there's like a whole other stuff. I don't know a ton about it. Um,
0: all I remember is the, like, first E3 trailer where there were, like, the black ink shadow things.
2: <clears throat> yeah, I think that's, like, Death Goo or whatever. Huh. Um, so there's, like, this weird thing where a Death Stranding is happened. Like, it's a thing. A Death Stranding is a thing. And it's, like, reshaped the world. Um, basically, it's post-apocalyptic scenario, like, stuff. And basically what you're supposed to be doing is traveling across the United States and reconnecting everyone to this, like, super internet so that everyone can be reconnected and all this stuff. And that's like uh, the, the main theme of the game is how no one is able to live alone. Humanity can't survive alone. It's all about the connections you forge with other people. So that's like the main premise of this game is supposed to be talking about how important these connections are. And so you're supposed to be going around the, well, used to be the United States re- reconnecting everyone and trying to like rebuild it. That's as far as I know. Cool. So basically in the game, you have to manage like a crap ton of stuff. You have to manage your shoes. If your shoes start wearing out, you have to get new shoes. You have to like balance out your load. If you put too much weight on, you can't carry it. If it's like awkward, I'm pretty sure you can, you can fall over. So you might have to balance it. There's oh no, this thing called I'm carrying time too fall many boxes. To pretty much. And there's this thing called time fall, which is a rain that when it hits you, um, whatever it hits ages. So if it were to oh. hit you, you would just start aging. but it also works on inanimate objects. So if it start if it hits like metal, it go it, um, it basically causes that like metal to start aging as if it had been there for longer. So eventually something will start rusting. So if you just oh. left like a metal box out in this rain, it would act like it had been sitting out in the elements for maybe 20, thirty years. so it' like start getting covered in rust, deteriorate and fall apart. So it's all about protecting your packages from, like, time fall and from damage along the way so that if you can protect your packages um, so they're in better shape and they're delivered on time, you get more renowned for, like, delivering things on time in good shape. And that's the game as far as I know. Cool. There's, like, whole other plots and story, but that from a very top-level perspective, that's the game.
0: I'm actually more interested in it than I was from watching the trailer
2: so it's basically a giant walking sim so you have to be ready to just try and navigate ridiculously hard to navigate terrain mm-hmm. um and be willing to just do that for hours cool oh, what i told but you can <clears> build <throat> these structures that um like people can work together to build structures um so like if you build this like one point i don't know any of the names and stuff but yeah. basically you can start loading up supplies
0: uh-huh. and you can
2: basically build a road so you can build a road between like cities, and if you have that road, you uh-huh. can get cars, but without roads, it's very, very, very difficult to travel in a car, and it's slow, but on a road, basically negates half the, the, the mechanics of the game. But a road requires insane amount of resources more than one person can just get. So you have to work with a bunch of random people on the Internet to like stock up these supply caches with supplies and you can build infrastructure and you can build different points and roads and resupply areas and So, you can do that to kind of, like, make things easier.
0: That, now I'm even more interested. I love building stuff.
2: It's not really building. It's just, I I delivered, like, a bunch of materials to this point.
0: But still, like, you deliver the materials to the box, you get enough materials, it puts a road there. I'll take it. Oh, my God. What? I totally forgot. Once Upon a
1: Time in Hollywood came out on uh, streaming, I think, like, a few days ago. Oh, nice. I think I'm going to get that. Uh... The movie's so good! Oh my god, James! I love that movie. Holy shit! Oof.
2: Oh, James! I just saw the uh, DP for the Dune movie is um freaking DP for Rogue One.
0: What's DP stand for? Director of, Director photography. of photography. Wait, oh, it's not Roger. It's
2: not Roger Deakins for Dune. It's Greg Fraser. No, uh, they, uh, Roger Deakins didn't come back. He was supposed to, and he didn't. And it makes. Oh. It, so sad. Roger Deakins
0: was twenty forty nine, right? Yeah. yeah, I I was.
2: It would have been that's amazing. <laughs> Do uh, we... He he did he he did Shawshank, uh, Skyfall, Sicario, Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Really? It would have been insane. Oh. But nope, I got to deal with freaking what's his face, Greg Fraser. What's he got? What's he got? He's um, got Rogue One. Been... Uh, uh... Nothing dramatic for cinematography wise. He did Vice, uh, Rogue One, uh, uh, Foxcatcher. I
0: don't know.
2: Zero Dark Thirty. I heard that was Snow good. Snow White and the Huntsman.
0: I think I really seen that. them softly.
2: So those are the only gosh, notable titles that I know of.
0: Gosh, that's, that's the
2: first forget. episode of The Mandalorian.
0: Hey, there you go. I've
1: heard. Well, because like <laughs> I have actually, I've heard Foxcatcher was really good too. But, but it's no Roger Deacon. <clears throat> no, but true. the thing is. The thing is, too, that gets me about a lot of those titles is, like, Killing Them Softly, Foxcatcher. What were some of the other ones, Cal? There was, uh, other than Rogue One, there's uh, was... Snow White, the Huntsman. Snow White, the Huntsman, Vice. So, like, most of those movies are shot in very close quarters, like, with two two people or, or a group of people. A lot of them are dialogue-based, like, character-based and not yeah. necessarily, like, location-based. Whereas, like, Deacons, like, for sci-fi... Have like, you read I Dune? I, I keep yeah. yelling at him to do it. Yeah, I've read like the first hundred pages. No, you, know, you oh, got to read it. the book. But uh, I, but the thing is, like with Dune, is like I just remember from what I was reading, it's got a lot of dialogue. Yes, but like what's appealing to Dune is also the locations, right? Like the architecture, yeah. The yeah. Desert, uh, well, it's, the it's
2: more just sprawling empty desert. Yeah, like not oh. really architecture,
1: but um, but like it's stuff in the. Um, who, who are the bad guys? Are they the Harkonens? Yeah, the, the Harkonens. Yeah, there so they're no har- bad guys. Too. Well, no, no bad uh, guys. The Harkonens like, are clearly are the bad, bad guys. guys. Oh, no, yeah, I know you. Mean. I mean, yeah. yeah. The Harkonens like imagine if Roger Deakins would shoot like scenes in the Harkonen, I don't know, Palace, like wherever they live for whatever Yeah, but the like, scenes
2: in the book in them, they're they there's like three there's or nothing. four people
0: at most and it's really
2: and they're like, in, they're all in rooms and stuff. Yeah. So they're not they're not set based.
1: Yeah, but, like, at the same time, you could say the same thing for uh, do Android Stream of Electric Jeep. You know I, what I mean? Like it's I not it. a, I it's have, not it, it's not set based necessarily. It's like, not set-based at all. Like and and obviously, I mean it Deacons draws obviously heavy inspiration from the first Blade. But the thing is, is like he's got such a great eye that he managed to craft something very like unique and very well even in the close quarter shots. Like some of the some of my favorite parts like from a aesthetic standpoint in Blade Run twenty forty nine are like when Kay is talking to Joy in his apartment, yeah, and you have those shots of them like looking out through the window or going up on the roof or in at, at the Tyrell Corporation when uh, Love is going to talk to Jared Leto's character, I can't remember, it, in Tyrell about um, like how they, did, you know, the failed whatever. It's not Tyrell, and, is it? It's not yeah, Tyrell. It's Tyrell.
0: It's, Tyrell. it's the guy who bought Tyrell's Corporation cuz Tyrell died in the Blade Runner movie. Tyrell
1: Tyrell's the old one. Who's the yeah,
0: I don't remember.
1: I yeah, Jared Leto's character. But like those scenes are really really cool. I love all the stuff within that corporate headquarters where it's like the it's like wood like soft wood paneling yeah. and like the the reflection of the water on the wood and stuff like that is really well, cool.
0: I think the difference <clears throat> still though is Blade Wall-less. Runner places a lot Wallace. of emphasis on Neander Wallace. Yeah. Those scenes, like, particularly after the first movie, we had these yeah. great shots of just the undercity or the flying over it or the police station, the Tyrell Corporation building. Like, those were a lot of really direct set pieces where it was just supposed to convey a lot of information without yeah. blatantly telling us. The difference, I'd argue, Dune is just having read it fully, mm-hmm. there's yeah. very little that the sets will tell us that like in in Dune, there's hardly any information that is based on the scenery or that has to be conveyed with the scenery. Oh, besides desert. Yeah, I'm besides sure. like desert and, like, hey, this place is settled. I'd argue the only thing that they have to, like, use scenery for would be the pool where they're collecting water. That scene has to just, be done well to convey, like, how valued that, this is. But, but even then... But that's still different. That's... Yeah.
1: I think it's just, like, I just hope that they don't... They go... Because what I like about Deacon's is his shots are long, they're open. You actually get a sense of this vast expanse in whatever he's doing, whether it's, like... You know the Mexican like border, or or a futuristic San Francisco. It feels expansive. It feels like it's this big world because there are these long open, (laughs) beautiful, yeah, yeah, that allow you really take in the. And what's even better is like there's he he's a master at using elements of the background to juxtapose against elements of the foreground and show you just how large the world is like mm-hmm. there's the shot in 2049 when Kay's coming back to the police department after uh decommissioning Dave Bautista, and he he uh his car flies past like one of the Tyrell headquarters or one of the Wallace headquarters it's a massive like pyramid one of the pyramid ones and his car is like just this little. That one might bl- actually be Tyrell. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Wallace is taking over Tyrell,
2: but yeah. Yeah, yeah. and his
1: true. his car is this like little blinking blip against the against massive this foggy building. monolith, and it's beautiful and it's cool too because actually a lot of those were models. I did not know that until recently. Hmm. A lot of the yeah. buildings were models, and that's really really fucking cool. Um, but because that's how they did
0: it for the first one,
1: dude. Freaking
2: Dickens yeah. did. Oh, brother, where art though? Did he really? That's awesome, dude. I'm reading through his thing. He's <laughs> mainly worked. He's done a crap ton with the Cohen brothers. And
3: I I, like, I just, I, I just, think, the Big
2: Lebowski. Oh,
1: oh, brother,
3: did Robert, he, though?
1: Did he do uh, Raising Arizona?
0: We still have the director from 2049 on Dune, right? Uh, yeah. So he's no. gonna. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah.
1: Answer your question, James. No. No, he didn't. Okay. So like, I just think that's what I like about Deacon's use of the space and i just hope because that's the thing is when i see a dune movie even as someone who just who is like a satellite fan you know who doesn't know everything about it or hasn't obviously anything, dude, or anywhere, not
0: even yeah, fans know anything about it
1: but like i when i see the first scene of like the sandworm like yeah. i want to feel like it's like i don't want it to be like a spectacle i want it to feel like a real thing I it want... has
2: to feel like it's 300 meters long, this massive yeah. thing about to swallow mm-hmm. up yeah. a
1: machine
2: that's like, what, that's freaking massive. Yeah, it, it has to be, you have to feel the,
1: the, 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 the like, the just the size, the
0: sheer monstrosity
1: of, of this creation. And the thing is with, like, Rogue and One. And it's basically
2: a deity in, to the to the Fremen, so you have to is.
1: feel, a, like, a reverence for this thing. And and like the, the thing is with Rogue One is like with some of the scenes that take place on a grander scale. I'm mainly thinking of when they like don't they test the Death Star laser on Jeddah or something yeah. like that? Yeah, so it like Jaku, it's Jeddah. No, Jeddah. It was, Jetta. It Jetta? was like is that uh, yeah. yeah. I don't even remember any of this new stuff. But like when they test it and when the ground starts like enveloping, it's like it's a cool scene, but it's. But, it doesn't it's just, feel real <laughs> it's,
2: well to be fair to be fair to be fair it is a giant CGI.
1: space laser
2: it's well no i know it's
1: scene you're talking about james <laughs> yeah when
2: like the ship is flying away and there's like a wave of yeah uh, yeah yeah to be fair it's heavy cgi so i think that definitely plays a lot into it but either way i agree it's just a different feeling it's just i don't want the classic blockbuster look for this
1: film no. No, because no, no. it just,
2: it, it just mm-hmm. won't do it justice. And and looking at Greg Frazier's filmography, I don't think he has the experience to like, because he's got, he's got 15 films. That's okay. a lot. That's mm-hmm. a lot of films. Hmm. From 2005 is his first film. Of those 15 films, only like three of them have ever been nominated for cinematography awards. Yeah. And then you freaking look at Roger Deakins Which is not fair, but at the same time, it's like. But that's what we're comparing. We're comparing this legend versus some newcomer. There's just no comparison because Deacons has started what seventy seven, and he's won a crap ton of awards and and like. When did he start winning awards?
3: I I hate to be devil's advocate here, but like, Mm -hmm. why would you even compare those? At like, I'm just. That's what we missed out on. The reason no, I'm comparing is because that's what
2: Deacons was gonna work on a Dune, but, and now he's not.
3: Okay, yeah. but like, how could this newcomer get that resume if people like you are like, "Oh, we could have had this guy."
1: I I don't think he. I wouldn't call him necessarily like a newcomer. I'd say he's probably like an intermediate. I'd I, agree. I, I that.
3: just use Calvin's words against him. N- like, no, no, yeah. I, no. No, I, I, no.
1: I, I get that. But he has had 15 a film years like of experience. This, though. It's such. It's. He's it's such a different years.
2: level, I feel like, to be able to really adequately do this film. It's going to be hard. It's a mm-hmm. complex film to be able to adequately display on uh, screen because there's a lot of really dry themes. No pun intended. Because uh, like, <laughs> it takes
1: place in the
2: desert. It's just, I don't think it's going to be super easy to portray. So I think it's a high bar to be hitting anyways. And, like, I enjoyed Rogue One. So I th- I thought the cinematography was good. I just don't think he's in the right style. I don't think he- his style is good. It's just not the right style for Dune. That's my main issue. I'm not saying he's a terrible cinematographer. I'm just saying
0: that his style his is a different
2: style and
0: it doesn't compare doesn't have... to what
2: can be done for Dune.
0: Nearly as many years either. It sounds like you're also trying to say of like just experience purely because you said what the other guy was started <clears> in seventy seven. Yeah, he's got freaking he's decades. Old. Yeah, he's yeah, seven? that's
3: the point that I yeah issue with was the experience. Like, how is this guy going to get experience if like I said, people like you are like ah. But I
2: don't think of... I I don't think that's a valid argument for saying oh well he needs experience. Let's throw him in the deep end on this like movie that needs to be done uh... that I want done yeah. really well because well, let's point be
1: out great doing other end, let's no but let's point out that deacons was working on smaller like deacons was not working on huge fucking blockbusters 15 years into his run i mean the Cohen brothers movies are not like what this dune movie is going to be they're the they're fir- not yeah be sprawling like sci-fi or fantasy or anything like that they're very they're very simple they're very like you're learning the basics But they're good. And I think the thing is, like, it might just be an unfortunate circumstance of the industry where now this guy who has quite literally a fraction of Deacons' experience and perhaps talent is thrust into this position of, well, now I have to essentially choreographed the entire visual language of a multi-million dollar blockbuster, which Deakins, when he was that guy's age, would probably never have to do. So it's not entirely fair, I guess, for the cinematographer Rogue One to be put into that scenario, but it also doesn't, I don't think, exempt him from criticism. I think it depends on how Denis Villeneuve uses him, because, yeah. like, for instance, with CGI... You can use CGI effectively and give it weight, like in Interstellar, when they land on that planet where it's like the massive tidal waves or whatever because of the gravity. I actually um,
0: saw that movie.
1: So there's the Cal. Do you know what I'm talking about? Did anyone see that movie? I was reading Wikipedia. Interstellar. You said.
2: Yeah. Have you seen that movie? Yeah, I saw Interstellar. Grand so
1: you, do you remember when they land on the planet with the massive like tidal waves and stuff like that? It's yes. like a huge that like initially, and you because th- they're in the background. They're not really moving. You're like CGI, that. right? Yeah, and it's like, I think it works. Like, I thought with that sequence in Interstellar, I felt, like, the terror of, like, holy shit. There's this m- massive, literally mountainous wall of water that is, like, heading towards you, and it's all CGI. Like, obviously, they're working in, like, a pool... For the close-up shots but because Christopher Nolan uses it knows how to use CGI David Fincher knows how to use CGI it's all about how like you use it and then how the cinematographer works with you on that so I think it could work out I think the other issue it's like for me and Cal we've been talking about this movie like for probably Ever? six months yeah for a while now and like Deacons was initially paired with the movie so you well, started because
2: he's been with Villeneuve for like a yeah. while
1: so so you envision
2: well I guess maybe not what, well, but he did freaking 2049 which was the last thing. And Yeah. So well, but so 2049
0: was also more of an artsy movie.
2: But that's what I want Dune to be.
0: Oh yeah, uh, but because I it, I feel like to be able to correctly
2: portray the themes in that film, it has to swing farther into the artsy category than a blockbuster. And Greg Frazier is a blockbuster direct.
0: But, but I agree maybe? with you that, like, I want it to be artsy. Like, I agree that's the best way to get those themes across. But you also said, that like, this, you or you made it, maybe it was just a passing comment, um, that they were aiming for being a summer, like, a, a blockbuster big budget movie that way. So I can see why they would make that, or why that would happen then, that they would swap those guys out.
1: I, I could see to a degree where, because 2049 was a box office bomb. It did not make... No,
2: yeah.
3: Nearly enough
1: money back. And I could see where the studio is like, okay, people like Denny Villeneuve, that's great. He's got a great vision. He's going to do great things with the story and the direction. I mean, because when it comes down to it, he he has final call. Like the the cinematographer is going to set up the shots. He's going to have a lot of input onto how he thinks the movie should be framed visually. But Denny Villeneuve is the one who's going to give the go ahead or tell him, no, we're going to do something else. Yeah, Yeah, but
2: the DP has just such more like control though I, I, you're right you're right yeah the director has like the finals
1: but i i just feel like dp plays way more into- but maybe what they're trying to do is they're trying to combine the story elements of like an artsy filmmaker or more like no i wouldn't really call Villeneuve like artsy i call him like i don't know like slow bird or whatever whatever you want to call him, like indie blockbuster whatever but Maybe they're trying to combine that with a more blockbuster-esque style of filmmaking. Because to keep in mind, this guy hasn't, like, the cinematographer hasn't done just blockbusters. (laughs) Like, he's done movies that are very in-depth character studies, which to a degree is what the parts that I read
0: of Dune uh, kind of are. Now that you've pointed that out, I kind of agree with this now. Because Dune's also going to have a lot of, like, it has a lot of, like, character stuff, like you're saying, but it's also got those fight scenes and those war scenes. Mm-hmm. Very few, though. Very, very few, very but they're important few. ones.
2: Of the of the fight scenes that are actually flat-out discussed in the book, there are only really two that come to mind, and they're 1v1 fights with a group of people watching.
0: Well, there's that end battle, though, when they do, like, their siege against the city. It's such
2: in passing, though, in the book. It's like, it is, but... I feel like we're going to see more of that, though. Because, like, the final battle, James – or do you care if I spoil? No, but –
1: well, we saw some of it. We watched the Dune movie. Oh,
2: I showed you the freaking Dune – like, the 80s
1: Dune movie. Yeah. Yeah, So, so like,
2: and it follows that for the most part. They use the family atomics to blow a hole in the rock face so that the sandstorm can come in. Once everything's blinded, they had snipers lined up on all of the ships before the sandstorm comes in. They snipe all of the guns off. And then they call, like, they run their troops in and call for a truce. That's the battle. That's, like, the final battle. There are, like, there is still fighting that takes place and skirmishes. But then it, like, it cuts to, like, Paul in the palace, like, just talking with, like, his mother in Chani. And then the emperor's delegation shows up. And then there's, like, an actual battle there. So it's, like, there's a little bit more to it that I'm not remembering. But there's not like a lot.
0: Well I like it's, to
1: keep you hopeful. I think I I think it could be it'll be interesting to see how they're doing it because I think what the studios are realizing is that people like directors like Denny Villeneuve because they put enough of their own personality and they really do take the the material seriously. Um, they really, really do. And you can tell that with like uh, Villeneuve's films where um he he's taking the property. Seriously and genuinely and really trying to explore it. So I think he's really going to do that with the Dune script at the very least. Um, But I think the studios also know that people, as much as like, I will vouch for Blade Runner 2049 to the ends of the earth. But if it doesn't make money, then we don't get to have films like 2049. So I could see where the studios are trying to kind of, again, trying to combine, like, let's get the artistry of villeneuve with the aesthetic or the the kind of like guts of the eyes of a blockbuster and let's try and like put them together and see what happens. and again like yeah and i I think it's hard too because like like i said cal and i've been talking about this movie for a while and deacon's name has been prevalent within it and it's hard when you envision like a deacon's film for dune and then to learn that you're not going to get that film that you're gonna get somebody else's is like that's sad that's a little yeah. like, frustrating you know so it's like
0: as long sucks. as dave bautista is still on the project i don't care is he really yeah dude on the yeah he's been on the project I, I, since like when it was announced that's so awesome
1: yeah he seems um, he seems like a really nice guy the current
2: cast, uh, some of the main highlights we got Timothy Chalamet is uh, Paul. Josh Brawlin is Gurney Halleck. Stone yes. Skarsgard is the Baron Harkonnen. Dave Bautista is the Beast Raban, Zendaya is Ch- Chani. Jason Momoa is Duncan Idaho. Yeah. Bardem is Stilgar.
1: <laughs> Isn't it? That's actually pretty. I mean, from the characters that I remember and recognize from what I read, that seems like, such a good cast. Yeah,
0: that it seems looks like.
1: pretty solid right now.
0: I mean, I recognize at least three of those actors, and I like all of them. What do you guys think of uh, Zendaya? Like in the spider-man movies
2: and oh stuff, she was really right? good I
0: yeah i think she's okay i mean i don't I, think she
2: was amazing but i don't think she was bad at all she was pretty good she's yeah. good the she problem didn't stand out is really the thing for me i was like okay. she's good but nothing nothing really stood out to
0: me. my only or not my problem but a problem i see in people trying to be receptive to her performance was that she's supposed to be that she's the love interest mm-hmm. and is an almost completely new character for the films because, yeah, she's quote-unquote MJ, but she's not the Mary Jane redhead that everybody knows from the comics and is very different personality-wise to any of the other, like, love interests Spider-Man has had in any medium. She's had to face a lot of comparison for that portrayal.
1: It's hard because it's, it's, like, there's not a... A lot of like heavily dramatic moments where you can gauge kind of like her range in those movies. Like she's used kind of sparsely, but some of the moments I've seen with her, like I think she, out of that cast, other than other than honestly, other than Tom Holland's, like she's the most she has the most potential to be naturalistic. I think it'd be it's gonna be interesting.
0: I thought she did a really good job in uh, Far From Home, because mm-hmm. at the beginning of the movie, she is still doing, from the first movie, that, like, cold, yeah. kind of, like, out-there person. But as the movie progresses, does, like, kind of change a bit and open up. That was... And, like, that it was... seems very natural, from what I at least remember it.
1: I'm not gonna lie, I wasn't, I wasn't the biggest fan of Far From Home, but that, to me, was one of the more interesting parts, was I did, like... I found myself, like, I almost... I really, really wanted there to be a whole part of the movie where it's just Mary Jane and Peter going around Europe together, like they run off together, because they they were going to plan and do that before he finds, like, the drone part, right? Like,
0: they Uh, were going to go... Weren't they gonna go somewhere? They were gonna What was it was that he was going to sit next to her on the plane and sh- they were yeah. like listen to music and then once they got to Paris he was gonna like give her a gift at the top of the tower.
1: No, but like I'm talking about like way past that, like when they think they've beaten Mysterio or when they think they've beaten uh the, the Elementals and they're like, oh like it's all over and then they find the uh the holographic drone on the bridge. Weren't they planning to like run away? Weren't they planning to like go somewhere oh. in Europe on their own?
0: No, I, I think was, it was just they were gonna like go out for the evening. Yeah, you think they were around. just going out for okay. the
1: evening. Because uh, I would have loved to have like part of that movie just be them like they're still teenagers. Know. Yeah. Well like or you, if they're just going out for the evening, yeah, and then just kind of like doing stuff on their own. I feel like because of the Spider-Man Mary Jane dynamic, you never get a whole lot of that in those movies. Um and I would have loved to have a scene like that. That being said, uh, Jake Hall, definitely my favorite Marvel villain, I, for sure. I, I still liked Vulture better. I loved the fact that Jake Hall was like, because it, this is, I'm reading way too much into this, but I saw it as like a meta commentary on like, disney almost his character because he's like he's essentially a disgraced former graphic designer basically who decides to fool the world into thinking he's awesome by making global superhero movies where Did he's you? the the star and okay. i i loved
0: his whole like I, that that scene where he breaks down the plan. Did you catch that? It's the first time the quote-unquote Marvel civilian disguise has worked. No. When Peter's at the airport, Jake Gyllenhaal is there in a ball cap and sunglasses, <laughs> and we all missed it. That's really
1: fucking fun. Okay. So I, wait, 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 wait. At the are you talking at the very, very beginning?
2: I don't know. Yeah. Like, like when he's first headed to Europe.
0: When he, he, it's either like when he's getting on the plane or <laughs> when they get off. But that's Gyllenhaal funny. is there. See, that's I, really good. No,
1: and and I I think the only thing for me is was it was like a little and this is again I think this is me but it was like a little creepy for me because I I love Jake Gyllenhaal's character but the way that the movie frames him because he's he's like he's essentially a director he's a he's an actor director yeah. writer like he's made this. Mysterio character and he's directing everyone else's inter-
0: efforts and how yeah, it's gonna well, work.
1: And he's directing interactive live superhero theater. So he's yeah, making he's directing
2: a stage play to fool yeah. the world.
1: Yeah, he's making global Marvel movies. Is what it's
0: Shakespeare. Yeah, yeah, pretty much.
1: And like the the thing that freaked me out a little bit was like the movie frames him as like a bad guy because he's using superheroes. <laughs> It, it does like there's questionable like is he good is he bad like how bad? I would say is he... it
2: frames him more slightly misguided and then at the la- latter half it frames him as just going off the rails evil because yeah. the rest of his people he starts to turn against and the rest of his people you're supposed to sim- sympathize with I would say throughout the entire time yeah whereas. Joe and like Mysterio, you're supposed to sympathize with for the first like half, mm-hmm. and then he goes off the rails.
1: I guess I just didn't. I I felt like it was like an an interesting, maybe not even creepy, but an interesting meta commentary because you're get because you're watching a superhero movie. You're watching yeah. like a spectacle of CGI and actors and superheroes and stuff like that, which is exactly what Mysterio was putting on for the world in that movie. And then the end of the movie is. Peter Parker taking out the director with a corporate drone strike, and it just—it <laughs> yeah. it feels like
0: I think it it's really. Like, I just had the realization too that Mysterio's like Mysterio becomes a thing he hates. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, he becomes he becomes, an, becomes as arrogant as he sees Tony Stark.
1: But then, but then, that's the question: is like, like, how valid is that message of like, because the movie is almost telling you like, don't let the bad people who make like superhero stuff fool you. Like we're the good people who make superhero stuff. So we're going to like take care of you. Our hero is going to win in the end. To be fair, their hero has won. Yeah. But, but like, so it's like, is Jake Gyllenhaal like at the very least a weird analog for DC? Yes. Yeah. Like is he basically supposed to represent like,
0: we're going to try and fool everyone into thinking we're the coolest. And you're all gonna believe us when we announce Justice League and Batman versus Superman as concepts. And then you're gonna show up and see that they're not so good. See, I the thing is I support DC
1: not artistically, but just from a an economic, economic opposing, what? like from an economic perspective of of has having like an opposing force to balance Marvel out, if that makes any sense. At least within the market. Yeah, that makes sense. So, they, so it doesn't get oversaturated. Because then that, that works out for Marvel too, where people if DC is allowed to have a little bit of the limelight, then people like don't get oversaturated. oversaturated on on the only problem with that is
0: DC has to actually put something out people want to see.
1: Which I think they did. I think you know what the name <laughs> of the movie is.
0: I, it, that movie, yeah, I know what it was. It was Aquaman. Yeah, oh, yeah.
1: Well, actually, that movie made a shit ton of money. Dude, it did. I still haven't seen it. I I heard. Okay, I haven't seen that. Or Shazam. It. I, I didn't see Shazam. I saw Joker. Um, and that movie I'm not gonna lie. Uh, it's, it's not like disturbing. the blowing. It is disturbing. It's not the blowout movie of the year. It's that's not kind of
0: supposed to be the point that it's. Disturbing. Oh yeah, no. I, yeah, it's supposed yeah. to be disturbing.
1: But like the thing is, the way I saw the movie is like it's trying to get you, it, it, or it does. It gets you to sympathize with him because he is just like he's a literally everyone in his life turns out to be a liar. A yeah, like ev- the whole world is so hostile to him at every turn. He's just asking for a little bit of reprieve and he never gets it. And But the, what I don't like about the dialogue that's evolved around that movie is like this weird dialogue of like fear where it's like, oh, well, and it's not even the inst- like the, oh the incels are going to shoot up the movie theaters. It's like, oh, well, you should be nice to the quiet kid, not because it's good to be nice to somebody, but because the quiet kid could be a school shooter. And it's like... Oh, that's that's not been going on for years, though. I know, but like th- that message seemed to gain traction again, or more with the Joker, and it got re-brought up. And it's like, even though people are joking about it, like the sentiment underneath is odd to me. And I'm not going to say that you can't joke about it because I do think it's like funny. But I think they're missing the point of the movie, where it's like you are supposed to understand where this character is coming from because if you were in the same circumstances, you would behave that way. Too there's no there's no reason why you wouldn't and and I just think I think that's DC's market now is because I know Todd Phillips the director he he started off his pitch the Joker by pitching DC Black which is he he envisioned this like it'd be the villains yeah it'd be this new set of DC darker movies, movies. That, yeah that are darker that are stripped down that are made more like grounded and I think that could be a good balance. To um, Marvel movies, it would be like
0: I'm gonna go to Marvel movies because I want to see like a a bit of a lighter, happier movie. Yeah, I want to see if you've got the DC thing going, where like instead of going dark for dark's sake, like they did with Superman and the Bat BVS. You go dark for like, these are dark characters. This is supposed yeah. to be dark.
1: Well, and you don't, know, the thing is too, you don't have to like, I think the idea of like going dark is odd because like if the subject material, like there's certain subject material that just is dark and you yeah. don't have to go dark for it. So I think that's DC's biggest. Misstep is the way that they've approached their their uh properties before is like we have to make them dark. It's like, no, there are dark underpinnings in any story that you tell. All you have to do is like find those and kind of like amplify them a little bit. Like even the dark knight movies, that trilogy is like credited as being the like Dark Knight trilogy. Like that's usually the focal point for people who are that's that's they are patient zero for um. Like, dark, gritty comic book yeah. movies, usually done well. But the thing is, those movies are not, like, brooding or, like, anything like that, really. They're, like, they're
0: very realistically presented, i argue. Like, it's, it's yeah, very... Yeah, I, I agree with that. It's not dark and uh, emo brooding. It's, no. this is gritty and realistic, and these situations would be of a darker nature. Well, and that's and that's
1: where DC kind of fucked up with like it in the past five years is that they've really hammered home like we're gonna have the spectacle of Marvel but the darkness of like DC. I, I don't think that works. Like and I, it
0: doesn't with some characters that they have like Superman. No, Superman is yes he's overpowered, but his darkness isn't the interesting thing about him unless you're doing specific stories such as injustice or do fucking do red sun do the red sun do that did that as an animated movie i would love but i'd love to
1: see like a full-fledged like i would love a stripped down red sun version of but but again i guess then that's the problem too is like for the joker scenes of him being the joker all you need for him is to do like the joker laugh and that counts and Satisfies as a scene of him being the Joker, where it's like with Superman, in order to, to make a Superman movie, like you have to have him flying around,
0: he uh, has to be in the suit. Like, he but, has to and, be in the but, suit, but and, and it's really about who he is, and he is the big blue boy scout. He has yeah, to so, be that symbol of hope and that force for good, and that knowledge of I have to be better.
1: Yeah, so so I think like that okay then because i i think like that's the misconception that studios have about like superhero fans is that they're like oh well they just want to see people flying around they want to see explosions they want to see all this like if we don't put this in they're going to be upset and i don't think that's true i i think like what you're saying is more true we want it to be true to the character yeah you want like a fight scene you want something like that you want a climax but like yeah and it's like but i want to know about superman and in the in in batman versus superman or in the man of steel or justice league i don't know anything about those characters i don't care because they just feel like a walmart light brand version of a marvel movie that has comes in like dark and it's got a darker
0: paint job yeah
1: and i I think if they really actually like took todd phillips seriously because again i don't think joker was like the most amazing movie ever but i think it was a big step in the right direction for a studio that has had a lot of fo- tumbles down big staircases. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I, I think, I think they like that. They need
0: could to be. Joker was their dance down that yeah, staircase.
1: Yeah, Hell, I would, I would love to see. It sounds lame. Maybe it could. I don't know. Like, I'd love to see a Poison Ivy. I mean, like a Poison, like a a Poison Ivy a uh, villain origin story done like the Joker or show me like Mister Freeze. Fuck, Freeze would be a good one. There's plenty of stuff like that. And
0: and like. Freeze there... is actually tragic enough, like in the Joker sense. Yeah. yeah. It's fucking sad. Because isn't it? Because it's. Uh, Freeze life. was a, a scientist working at Wayne Enterprises. His wife had a degenerative disease that was going to kill her, and he was trying his best to save her. Yeah. That's so why it's... he was experimenting with cryogenics, why he was so focused on it. He got fired, needed money to save her life winds up getting a face full of his own stuff in some various way, shape, or form, and winds up freezing while still having his wife on ice. Hell, you could you could do like a you could do a satire. You want good origins for a bunch of DC villains? Watch Gotham. I've heard that's actually not too bad. I've it's heard good really stuff, good it's- in terms of having original origins for the villains that are still pretty grounded. What is, what is the Riddler's origin? Like, what is his, like... So... where does he, What did he start out as? Um, I'm tr- I don't remember the comic book origins. He basically was just a guy who... A criminal who really liked riddles. Because mm-hmm. he was created back in the, like, 60s <clears throat> campy time, when it was like, Oh, I've got a riddle for you today!
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And then Gotham, the TV show, takes him and turns him into, um... He's still really smart, really likes riddles, but he's a forensic scientist in the GCPD and is, like, obsessive with people knowing he's smarter. He's the smartest guy in the room.
1: See, I would love to have them as, like... A, like a late night show host or like a journalist, someone like that, like someone who's embedded within the media. Cause this whole, um, like,
0: there is a like... version of that. Uh His name is the quiz master okay. and everybody laughs at him. Cause then he's like, Oh, you're a Riddler knockoff, <laughs> but he winds <laughs> yeah. up orchestrating, like, one of the biggest attacks on Batman because no one expects him coming, but he's smart enough, so he, like, plot, plans the plots and makes it, look, he makes it look like the Riddler's doing it.
1: See, and I think, like, that would um, be so cool to have, like, especially in today's di- in age where, like, media veracity and, ver- like, veritability is at an all... Like, it's at an all-time low. Like, people do not trust, the media. like, news or anything like that. So to have, like, a Riddler who works as like a late night show host or even like a journalist who starts twisting stories and becomes like more popular. And he turns like somehow incorporating like the riddle stuff into them, like combining the backstory of Quizmaster with the character of Riddler. That could be a great story. People would fucking eat that shit up. And like, that's what DC should really do. I really think they should go for that stuff. I hope they do because i so, i
0: think like as our final could, well, note dc I was about to uh, say, it's about time for you to run a little long sorry. but i'm sorry so dc the best way to move forward would probably be take those villains that have interesting stories and make movies for them um uh, yeah to juxtapose like, the marvel heroes almost. yeah and like a in a um, slim fashion yeah guys thanks again for recording this week uh check out maddie misplays on twitch to listen live uh thank you to the band problem of interest for letting us use the song living in the moment for the intro and outro music uh you can find us on facebook and twitter better buddies uh we're on spotify and itunes so you can go there to find us and then uh let's remember be a better buddy